Welcome back to Fit Me Daily. This episode is part two. If you haven't listened to episode eight, Pituitary Tumors, Fertility, and Pregnancy, I would suggest going back and giving that one a quick listen. Please remember to rate and review on iTunes and follow Me Daily on Spotify. This is just a friendly reminder that I am not a doctor or licensed medical professional. If you have questions or concerns about your health, please consult your doctor. After last week's episode, I wanted to go even deeper into this topic. I also wanted to talk about adenomyosis and how it factors into pregnancy. I wanted to go deeper into it to really understand how both fertility and infertility in a more general sense versus just how it factors into both of my diagnosis. Research has shown that up to 15% of couples who try for a baby experience fertility problems. Having trouble conceiving can be caused by a range of things and depending on the cause, there are a number of treatment options that can be explored. An infertility diagnosis is typically given to couples who have been attempting to conceive for a minimum of one full year without results. If you're under the age of 35, one year is that mark. If you're trying and you're not seeing a positive pregnancy test, that's typically when um, an infertility diagnosis will be given. For couples who are 35 and over, that mark is moved to six months. And those are the recommendations from the American Pregnancy Association. Problems with ovulation affect around 25% of all infertility cases. Too much prolactin is considered an ovulation disorder, along with PCOS, hypothalamic dysfunction, and premature ovarian failure. My interest in fertility really originated from this place of wanting to know my future and wanting to know what my options are. Right now, my biggest concern is not knowing. I've always had this feeling that conceiving would not be easy for me. And after my diagnosis, I felt like the odds are not really in my favor. From my experience so far, there is really no way to tell if getting pregnant will come easy or if there will be challenges. Although I am expecting the challenges, because we're not trying to get pregnant right now. It is basically just one big waiting game. And not knowing the answer to the outcome is something that is kind of weighing on me. But we're not ready to try and get pregnant, honestly, and that means we'll have to wait. I wanted to learn more about fertility testing and see if there was anything that I could do at this point to improve the odds or at least get some sort of direction or learn more about what I can expect when we are ready to get pregnant and the answers or lack of answers I got were pretty disappointing. After my yearly pap last month, I talked to my nurse practitioner, the same nurse practitioner who linked my abnormal bleeding and irregular periods to a pituitary tumor. If you haven't listened to episode two, go back and listen. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. 
I trust this woman. I really do. Uh, without her experience, judgment, and expertise, who knows where I would be? I know that sounds kind of dark, but after taking the medication prescribed to treat the tumor, I have seen significant improvement. Without knowing, I wouldn't be taking the medication and the tumor could have been growing and I would have no idea. So, being that I trust her, I asked her about the next steps in figuring out this whole fertility thing. The result of that conversation was a follow-up visit with the doctor. I booked the appointment and a few weeks later, I was meeting with this new doctor. I went into this appointment with an open mind. I was really open to learning more about fertility and pregnancy in general and how it might be different for me. We started talking about fertility and fertility and pregnancy and how they are impacted by pituitary tumors. During the visit, I didn't really learn anything I didn't already know through my own research. Even if that research was just done online, it felt like she was presenting information to me that I had already had. Uh, More on that later though. Then we talked about adenomyosis and what women who have been diagnosed can expect when trying to get pregnant. Here's where things get weird. Unconcerned, she told me that adenomyosis doesn't pose any risks to pregnancy. All good, no problems, easy peasy. She made it sound like it was this cakewalk, nothing but puppies and rainbows. But I wasn't buying it. I asked her about the increased risk of miscarriage and she didn't budge. No problems. I asked about endo and its effect and then she explained to me what endometriosis is. Thanks. Good to know. The entire point of asking her is because she is the expert. I booked this appointment to get information that I otherwise wouldn't have had and to learn the next steps and to really get a better understanding about what pregnancy might look like for me. I was really hoping that she could have shared something new with me, you know, cited a recent study or even shared her experiences treating adenomyosis or at least had the facts right. Basically, I paid the $50 copay for what I could have found out with the Google search and a couple clicks. After coming home and being disappointed with the visit, I did some more digging and I figured that it might be best to go to a fertility clinic or to see an REI, a reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialist, since I'm not getting the answers. Here's the thing though, why didn't this doctor provide a referral? I guess I'm the one who should have asked for one. The tricky thing about this entire situation is that you don't know what you don't know. And since you don't know what questions to ask or what specialist you should see, you might not get treated correctly or even treated at all. As I started really digging into infertility, adenomyosis, and the whole just spectrum of pregnancy, I came across some really interesting information and stories and research, and I want to share some of that with you. One of the things that really resonated with me was a survey from Refinery29. Refinery29 conducted a survey of 948 women. 
all of these women were asked um, basic questions and questions that really dug in to their fertility and their experiences along the way. And the results really provide some insight into how these doctors are really feeling women. Um, it's these percentages are crazy. So I have included a graphic. It's actually more of a pie chart on the Fit Me Daily blog with credit to Refinery29. It's um, It includes the percentages of what these women answered. Out of all of the survey respondents, 745 women without children responded. So these are the percentages from their answers. And the question that they were asked was, do you think doctors adequately informed you about your fertility? So I will start um, on the low percentage side. So 4% say they were extremely well informed. 13% say they were mostly well informed. 24% say they were not well informed at all, 26% say that they were somewhat informed, and 32% say that they were barely informed. The 248 women from the survey who do have kids have answers that are on the same track, and I've linked to that on the Fit Me Daily blog. So, should I even see a specialist? I'm hesitant though because it seems like it's just a waiting game and there's really not much that can be done until we're actually trying to get pregnant. Am I wrong? Are these specialists going to look at me like I'm crazy? I don't know, but it's a path that I think I will end up taking eventually. Now, back to that Google search. If you're listening, go to the Fit Me Daily blog. I've linked the studies, the research, and a bunch of other helpful resources with two keywords, adenomyosis and pregnancy. The first result you get is a 2016 survey from a journal titled The Impact of Adenomyosis on Women's Fertility that concludes to say, several studies have demonstrated that the presence of adenomyosis may impair the fertility by affecting the urotubral transport and altering endometrial function and receptivity some indirect proofs have shown that women with adenomyosis have poor reproductive outcomes compared to those without adenomyosis based on limited available evidence it has been reported that infertile women who experience adenomyosis achieved pregnancy after being treated with different strategies indirectly revealing poor reproductive outcomes in women with adenomyosis. Furthermore, surgery could be effective in women with adenomyosis with a history of IVF failure, although latter finding could be partly attributed to the higher rate of early miscarriage. The next study from the Journal of Reproductive Medicine and Technology associates adenomyosis to miscarriage. I'll read their conclusion. The present results indicate that the increased size of adenomyosis is associated with miscarriage and cervical incompetency. We should be aware of these potential complications of adenomyosis in pregnancy. We believe that this study provides information that will be useful in the management of pregnant women with adenomyosis. So far, this doctor I saw is 0 for 2. 
I want to be able to put my trust in care providers. I'm seeing so many stories online about how women with all types of illnesses, whether it's chronic or something that's just not widely studied, who struggle to get proper treatment just because their illness is uncommon or doesn't have a lot of research behind it. And it's frustrating. Another study from McGill University titled Effects of Adenomyosis on In Vitro Fertilization Treatment Outcomes, a meta-analysis says, we conclude that adenomyosis has a detrimental effect on IVF clinical outcomes. It reduces pregnancy and live birth rates and increases the miscarriage rate. Further studies are needed. Honestly, I don't know what to say. I had read about adenomyosis's link to miscarriage and infertility before I made this appointment to see a doctor. And to hear a doctor, an expert, tell me to my face with a smile on her face that I can expect to have zero complications throughout conception and pregnancy is extremely disheartening. My husband will be the first to tell you that I was fuming. I was pissed. After I came home from this appointment, I was so mad. And after having this experience, I know that I can't be the only one, the only woman going through this exact same thing because I've heard the stories. Which, pause for a second, I think that it is extremely important to have somebody on your team, whether it's your spouse or a significant other or your best friend or someone from your family, no matter what situation, wherever you're coming from, if you're already pregnant, if you're trying to get pregnant with your spouse, if it's an unexpected pregnancy, if you've already given birth, talk about it to somebody, share the ups and downs. Please just don't isolate. It's tough. And eventually, I think I want to learn more about postpartum and just all of the struggles that these mothers go through. It's, it's, It's really rough. And just if you have someone, just have someone in your corner. And it's, it's so important. And I know I'm really lucky to have the support system that I have. And my husband is incredibly patient with me and incredibly understanding. And we share everything. That's not even an understatement. We probably share too much. And honestly, I'm really thankful for that. And I couldn't envision our relationship any other way because it's if you're in a relationship with someone and you're in a marriage, it's it's a two it's a you're a team that's my team. So I can't, there can't be secrets. There can't be hiding anything from each other. Everything has to be out in the open. And this whole process is one of those things that's out in the open. He knows my diagnosis. He knows what we can expect or not expect. And we're on the same page about it. And I'm really thankful for that. Now, if I can't have kids, that is completely all right with me. I understand that it might not be possible and I get it. And I'm okay with that. However, However, I'm not okay with medical professionals telling me, and presumably other women, that despite their diagnosis and despite their illness, they can expect to go through the entire process from conceiving a child through pregnancy and delivery without any complications whatsoever. I'm calling bullshit on that. 
I'm having a really hard time wrapping up this episode because I feel like there is so much more to get into. This is such a complex topic and I know I can't possibly compile all of the information, all of the stories, and all of the experiences out there to completely do it justice, but I do want to keep talking about it and I'll continue to share my experiences too. So for today, I think I will leave it at that. I'm really appreciative of everyone who's listening. And if you want to learn more about some of the things that I've talked about in today's episode, I urge you to visit the Fit Me Daily blog. I have linked about a dozen informative resources there on the Fit Me Daily blog that you can just click into and read about a little bit deeper into some of the things I talked about today. If you haven't already subscribed to the Fit Me Daily newsletter, you can do that. Just type in Fit Me Daily on Instagram, tap that link in the bio, and you'll be directed to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can follow on Spotify. You'll find the link to iTunes, and then you'll also find that link for the newsletter. Fit Me Daily is written, produced, and hosted by me, Lauren Toper Reichert, in Phoenix, Arizona.